Under the Dome Radio initial reactions to Season 2, Episode 3, Force Majeure, recorded July 14th, 2014. Broadcasting from Under the Dome in Chester's Mill, it's Under the Dome Radio. This is the unofficial podcast by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome. It's episode 28. We're going to have links in our show notes at underthedomeradio.com slash 28. And want to remind you that we want to hear your feedback for our full discussion episode coming up later this week. Just go to underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. The, our initial reactions are going to be wild because this episode, we're back on track with Under the Dome. And I am Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers fan. And I'm Troy Heinrichs, trying to stay out of the blood or acid rain. We haven't really got a confirmation as to what it might be. But either way, my skin is still intact, which is a good thing as we bring this 20th episode to you, the fans, asking you for some great questions to get some great feedback for later on this week in the fan reaction episode. Absolutely. So please uh, give us a call at 904-469-7469 and let us know what you were thinking and whether it's acid rain or blood, you know, I think I'd rather be out in blood rain than acid rain if I didn't have any protection. Well, the first thing I'm going to talk about is Lyle Chumley and the baptism by acid. Okay, let's talk about it because that's not how it's traditionally done. Lyle's kind of giving believers a bad name here. I would think so. I mean, at least they didn't do like a communion thing where the rain turned to wine or something. That would be a really cool miracle. There's anything possible under the dome. So Lyle Chumley, what do we think of Dwight Yoakam's performance this evening? Well, one, I think he's a fantastic actor. He has me officially creeped out. And even though he is so disturbing in the role of Lyle, I don't hate him as much as I hate the other new characters so far this season. They all are getting on my nerves, except for Lyle. Well, I had to stop and pause for a minute. So for those of you that don't know, I actually did a podcast for The Blacklist this past TV season. And I had to stop and ask myself the question of if I was watching Under the Dome or the Blacklist because Lyle Chumley reminded me of Red Reddington a little bit because this guy was just kind of all over the map and he had probably some better lines this evening than Big Jim did. He did. He stole the show tonight. That's all there is to it. And I think this was a really great episode all around because there was a ton of stuff introduced in this episode that I never even thought this show would go in that direction. So this whole concept of Sam and Lyle and Pauline and having some kind of altercation or pact or agreement, which of course is where the force majeure comes into play, as Lyle explains it towards the end of the episode. This has got me thinking a whole new ball of wax and theories that weren't even on the map for season one. Absolutely. I agree 100%. We have to almost start from scratch and just open our minds up to possibilities that could go almost anywhere. It really does just make you wonder what on earth is going on and where are they taking our Under the Dome show this season? If you look back at last season now, the only episodes that I think are really important are anything having to do with the mini dome and the egg. And then, of course, the rain episode, because you have to establish that rain is possible in order for this event to have occurred tonight. But otherwise, it almost seems like this is a whole new show. Season one almost doesn't even matter. I was kind of thinking the same thing, but it did lay a lot of groundwork. But now 
to pardon the expression, it is on. I mean, this, this episode was a big step up from last week. Step, you know, episode two was a bit of a setback, but I knew that once they brought in Lyle Chumley, things were uh, going to get uh, cre- creepy and wild, and it did not disappoint. Like, right off the bat, let's talk about one thing here and see if this ties into anything at all. Now, we have the hatchling. She, you know, they, there's got to be people really suspicious of her. I can't believe that Barbie's the only one at, at the beginning. But catches the hatchling going through his wallet. And didn't she say that his driver's license said that he was from Zenith? That's exactly what I picked up on. Barbie is an out-of-towner, which we all knew. But to be from Zenith, now we know that this is a real place and not just some alien planet. Or do we? I don't know. It's a good question. It could be a fake ID. And if so, it's kind of strange that it would say it's from Zenith. I mean, anything's possible. But the fact that uh, we've had the snow globe in the premiere of this season with Zenith in uh, Junior, don't call me Junior, James Rennie's Visions, and now that Barbie may be from the same place, we really have to start looking at everything Barbie does in a new light. So what do you guys think? Is Zenith a real place or do you think Zenith is still some mythical land? 904-469-7469 or underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. Again, we want to hear from you later this week in the Fan Reaction Show. And of course, Big Jim Rennie is out on a date night with the science teacher. And of course, you know, acid rain's not the most romantic of ambiance for a date night. No, that's for sure. But what better way to spend the night than with a killer meets a killer since Rebecca Pine certainly wants to start taking names or taking lives while she takes names. I hope that the writer's intention is for us to all hate Rebecca Pine, the science teacher, because, wow, this is the first time I think ever on Under the Dome where I'm thinking that uh, Shumway is actually talking some sense. This is true. I think Julia was really at the point of even when she was talking to Chumley and she's trying to save Rebecca Pine's life, which I don't know why she's bothering since she's moving in on her man. But at the same, the, uh, yeah, her man, that, that this is the best part of the thing, too. When Barbie at the beginning was like, yeah, she's going through stuff in our house. Oh, man. Did you catch oh, that? No, he did not. <laughs> yes, I did. I wrote that in my notes. I cannot believe that that phrase came out of Barbie's mouth. Our house. It's like, yeah, you, you won it in a lottery because Peter let you kill him. Come on. Seriously. These people are messed up, messed up. And I like Nori though, adding a little bit of levity earlier in the episode before she goes back crazy, which I loved as well. But you know, the science teacher tells her, you know, you got to be in school. Everybody between this age group has to be in class. And she's like, well, gone is the last perk of dome living. It'd be fun just to be trapped hanging out all day with these crazy people talking their religions and everybody seems that they can become a preacher. And then, of course, you go to school and Nori becomes almost like a bully, you know, just uh, poking the hatchling in the head there. Maybe her head was going to crack as another egg exploded or something. That would have been fantastic because up until the big reveal late, late, late in the episode where we find out that the hatchling is actually from 1988, I was all for Nori taking the business to her because I I couldn't believe that Joe was just so trusting just because she supposedly came from the dome. You know, why does she know the combination to the locker and all of this? And she doesn't know her name. I was right with Nori. Something had to be done. Well, and then the question becomes, what was in the locker? Was it 
Melanie's stuff. And Angie was kind of like, oh, this stuff is her stuff. And this doesn't make any sense because that's the real big question of why is the locker empty if Angie reacted the way she did? Right. I don't think that just her stuff being in there would have made that expression that was on Angie's face right before uh, the axe went through her head or whatever and killed her. It, it, it must have been something more shocking. I was trying to study the back of the locker. I think that somehow it might have had, like we touched on the first episode of this season, that maybe it had some sort of portal or vision of what's going on in Zenith is just my guess. Joe kind of makes a explanation, I guess, for why the Internet just sort of suddenly happened. And he said that maybe there was some kind of wormhole thing with the magnetic field. And so that could be a possibility that the wormhole was there. And then, of course, the Internet signal completely dropped as soon as they opened the locker. So did the wormhole destabilize. If you want to get into the whole science part of this, because, you know, on another show, wormholes may lead to celestial beings inside of their temple in the sky. Star Trek DS9 fans. <laughs> Thanks for that. They're just walking around with their Windows 8 tablets and product placements. And James, don't call me Junior Rennie. What's he doing just randomly clicking links in emails and ask for his mom's birthday? Is he not suspicious? I would never put my mother's birthday into something that came from a link in an email. Total phishing scheme right there. They really wanted to get into James's account and wipe him out. And then he gets that video from mom, though. That was cool. That was really cool. I think that was a really tipping point for this episode to say, openly admitting, yes, I'm alive. I'm here. Talk to Lyle. He understands what's going on. And so I think she's referring to the cover up. We're assuming as Sam and Lyle have this conversation at the jail that they had this agreement that they wouldn't talk about. I know what you did last 1988 and which is probably like we were all thinking Sam killed Melanie and now, because Melanie's from 1988, that's probably exactly what happened is they killed her and buried her and now she's back. But on the other hand, it seemed like the other youngsters that were around Junior didn't see or hear anything. Could it have been just another vision that Junior was having? Ooh, that's a really good point. Did he think he was typing something in the computer and he really wasn't? And what was really happening behind the scenes was his bank account was being drawn empty. But but it was very interesting that the birth date of his mom is almost exactly as the locker combination from what I was able to pick up on. Yeah, it was like eight and then it was a one and then I forget what the other number is, but we'll get it for sure for the rewatch later this week. But the, the thing that was really perplexing about the whole thing is how she just kind of magically started saying out those numbers. And when she said eight, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, it was 17. Cause I was like, she's going to say 16 <laughs> lost reference of the night. She's going to say the numbers from lost. She was like eight, but she was like 17. I was like, oh, dang it. I would have fallen off the couch because uh, apparently James's mom's birthday is August 1st, 1971, but the locker was eight. Yeah, it was eight seventeen one. Yeah, instead of instead of seventy one, because no school lockers go all the way up to seventy one, so they just inverted the numbers, which makes me wonder if the universe is inverted inside that locker. It's a very good possibility. And who else agrees that uh, Rebecca Pine is maybe more power hungry than Jim Rennie? 
she's strange. I mean, the first episode, I thought I actually liked her character. And then the minute she was like, yeah, selective population last week. And now she's all like, dude, time's now. Let's go. Jump on it. Give me an axe. Maybe she's the hatchet man. And because uh, Big Jim kind of likes her, uh, we may have seen the last of the new and improved Big Jim Rennie from uh, earlier this season, just two weeks ago. Maybe he's going to play it. And the one thing that Big Jim does well is he is a used car salesman, right? So he's going to use other people's behavior and things to move along his agenda. So because of that, does he now let Rebecca Pine act on his behalf rather than him having to carry out the tasks himself? Ooh, that way he can achieve the same goals, but keep his hands kind of clean. Well, if you can rinse them off in some normal water, yes. Well, all you have to do is, you know, pour a little bit of something, something into the lake. And the next thing you know, the lake is clear, the rain is clear, and then the rain stops and life moves on in Chester's Mill. It was pretty dang quick and easy. The fact that the rain stopped, I thought was a little suspect. It should have went from red to clear, but still yet rained. The fact that it went clear and stopped at the same time was kind of weird because obviously Dome made that happen. (laughs) Dome needed to save the full version of the scene for the DVD bonus features. Now, this was an interesting thing. I want this is something I want to hear uh, the listeners thoughts on, because it's kind of interesting. The good old sloppy Sam is kind of even though he got fired from the force, you know, because Dome happened, everybody's kind of back on board. Sam is not going to let Big Jim die, at least not yet. Caught that right away. I was like, come on. I even put on Twitter. I was like, Eddie Cahill, just take him out. Do it now. Do it. Do it now. And he kind of laid out his his evil plans and said them out loud. I'm like, this isn't good. Or do you think Jim heard that muttering under his breath? Well, it, it was an interesting episode for sure. There was a lot in here and we will most definitely have to watch this one again because we want to pick up on all of the little things that were dropped along the way between Pauline talking to James and James talking to Lyle. And then of course, Lyle used to date Pauline talk about a triangle there. That was a shocker. I thought for sure that Dwight was going to nick Jim at some point with that razor in the beginning. I get very nervous, very nervous. I am never getting a straight edge razor ever in my life. (laughs) Especially not from a barber who sings uh, country songs. It was great to hear uh, Lyle singing Who Will Stop the Rain, which is the new single from Dwight Yoakam, coincidentally enough, that just came out today. Uh, just go to underthedomeradio.com slash 28 for the link if you want to buy it in iTunes and kind of go from there. But I'm wondering, you know, James, of course, takes the advice from his mom, whether it was a vision or a real video, and goes to visit Lyle in the prison for a little heart to heart and to try to get information, but they kind of made it seem like we're going to have to wait for answers, but they use the phrase an all access pass. And I'm like, to what, where this has me intrigued beyond anything else in the episode An all access pass. What do you suppose that means? 904-469-7469 or under the dome radio.com slash feedback. If you even want to record your voice or just send us an email, you can do that at feedback at under the dome radio.com. And I think the all access pass is just around to whatever agreement this was between Sam and Pauline and Lyle. It has nothing to do with the dome because Lyle specifically says the dome has made our pact null and void. Or is it somehow an all-access pass to and from Zenith? That could be. 
I don't know how they'd get that done, but I can't wait to find out. They, they're laying some breadcrumbs out there for us to definitely dine on. And an interesting phrase when Sam visits Lyle. You know, Lyle's getting a lot of visitors in the prison there, which I think is cool. And they have their chat. And again, we talked about, like you mentioned, with the contract being null and void. But when Sam left, Lyle said, see you on the other side, Sammy. Is that akin to see you in another life, brother? Could be. Lost reference number two. But on the other side, it really makes... Other side of what? Alternate dimension? Another planet? Other side of the dome? Other side of life? Death? It could be anything, but I think that was in there for us to study and geek out on. (laughs) So I am. And I know some of you fans out there will for sure, and we'd love to hear from you later this week. Absolutely. Was there anything else in, I mean, this episode really felt like two episodes crammed together into one. It definitely felt like it could have been a two hour episode. It seemed like there was a lot of information that was just kind of shoved through. And this might be where the 13 episode season hurts a little bit. So it'll be interesting to figure how they dissect it as they move forward in the coming episodes and taking all these new elements apart. Yeah, because we found out during the brief time that the internet was working that Joe's got mail and that the dome is trending on Twitter. And so we get a little outside glimpse, very brief, and some weird, creepy stalkers are following uh, Nori around and really driving her nuts there on the internet. So she's just as happy when the internet goes away again on those uh, Windows product placement uh, tablets. That's the Domi task of the week. If you can go back to that scene and find any of the Twitter accounts used this evening and send them our way, you can send them over to at UTD radio podcast. That's at UTD radio podcast on Twitter. Let us know if any of those accounts are actually real and are working, especially the one that of course tweeted out that Pauline was trying to get in contact with James. Cause that's the Twitter account to follow as the show goes along. If it's anything like uh, we might have had during the lost ARGs and what other TV shows have done, that could be a real account to follow for real clues. We just finished watching the episode, so we haven't even had time to look into that just yet. But by the time we do our full discussion episode later this week, all about force majeure and include your listener feedback and uh, thoughts and theories and all of that, we're bound to have some details by then. That's 904-469-7469 at UTD Radio Podcast on Twitter under the dome radio.com slash feedback or email us feedback at under the dome radio.com until we talk to the rest of you later this week. I'm Troy Heinrichs and I'm Wayne Henderson. Thanks for listening. Stay trapped under the dome. Under the dome radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.